The views and opinions expressed here on Wrestling Windown are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. What's up, guys? It's Lo, and you are tuned in to Wrestling Windown, a female-founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and our favorite adult beverage. Before we dive into this episode, a quick warning. This episode contains mentions of sexual assault and murder. These topics may be triggering to some. Listener discretion is advised. On this episode, I am joined by Jiminika Eborn. Jiminika, also known as the Trauma Queen, is a sex educator as well as a trauma specialist. She is also a part of the mental health department within AEW. Jiminika is spilling the wine on her longtime love of professional wrestling, including what drew her into the sport, what promotions and wrestlers keep her interested, and what it means to her to be able to provide support in a sport that she loves. Jiminika will also be sharing how she got started in trauma and sex education, why this work is so important, her company Tending the Garden's latest endeavor, and what advice she would give to those looking to enter the trauma and or sex education field. So grab your favorite glass of bubbly, we're going in for the three count. We are back with another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. This is our series entitled The Life of a Wrestling Fan, where we talk to individuals with amazing careers who also happen to be professional wrestling fans. I am joined by someone that I met in person for the first time. She was the first person I saw when I walked into the room at Wally Mania, and I was like, thank God, (laughs) thank God, among the chaos that could happen. I'm so honored to be joined by Jemanika Eborn. She is so amazing and has so much going on. I don't know how you keep up, but you're going to tell us. Welcome to the show. How how do I? Thank you. I'm super excited. (laughs) This is my first wrestling podcast. (gasps) And I have been on my heart every single time someone says that. I'm like, oh. I'm, I'm like, I've been on all kind of like celebrity, random people, all kind of like sex, trauma, blah, blah. It's my first one. So I'm super, I'm like, I don't even know if I fit in here. Like I'm like imposter syndrome excitement. How did you get into wrestling? When did you first start watching? Who were some of the individuals that have kept you interested? Yes, I will tell you. I was nine, 1996. You figure out how old I am if you want to. 1996, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin breaking into Brian Pillman's home. <laughs> And I was like, what is this? This can't be legal. And I was like, white people are wild. Literally all these thoughts happened. I know that sounds whatever it sounds, but I was like, you could just be on TV. And I was captivated. But I then became a WCW girl. Mm. Tricky because my favorite wrestler is Sting and still is Sting. Kevin Nash as well. But now it's just so good. Like it's so good to be a wrestling fan right now, minus some of the fans are wild, but that's another another conversation. But there's so many different types of wrestling styles. I am a GCW extreme girl, but I love the high flying of like luchadors and AEW. And just like, I like to take my friends who have nothing to do with wrestling, but I will take hot women to wrestling one, you know, but also two, when they get it, like, I'm always like, I catch them on video and they go, Oh, it's like dancing. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm in. And like to see them get it. And they're like, okay, I see why you do this. Bring me back. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Do they get creeped out by the blood at GCW? Or are they kind of just like, I'm going to roll with it? 
I did pre-warn. Okay. Uh, one of them did get blood on their shoes and she was like, oh my God, souvenir. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> it varies. They're like, I don't want it to touch me, but like, wow. Who are some of your favorite wrestlers to watch then when you first start watching versus now? I, I think back then I was just like open to anything. I'd never loved the women degradation. Didn't love that ever. Still present day. Don't do it. What do I love now? I still love high flying, right? Because I will never do that. Absolutely will not. I think Jade is amazing. Let's just, just physique, the outfit, the presentation. It's together. I think a Ricky Starks is together. I've seen the shirts. I see you together, right? Like full thing. But also, listen, and I hate to say it, but like an MJF is needed. Like mm -hmm. so good that like you hate him. To a Dominic Mysterio, when you're like, what are we doing here? But I love that because he's doing his job. To a Rhea Ripley and a Bianca Belair, honey, yes. I need, right? Like need. And a new day. I think that there's room for everything. And I think as a wrestling fan, to be able to appreciate everybody for what they bring allows you to be like, oh, wrestling exists for everyone. Not like, this should be one way. I will find you on Twitter. Y'all, no one cares. It's not that serious. It's not. No, no one cares that much. But like, I think there's something for everyone. And I am excited to be a fan. Let's get into your career. So along with being a professional wrestling fan, you have a very important and necessary career. How did you begin your path as a trauma specialist and founding your company, Tending the Garden? Okay, let's do it. So I'm going to say a hard thing. As I always present it. I am a true crime survivor. My mom was killed in front of me when I was one. It's all over the internet. And my family always raised me with information that like what happened. Of course, they fed me more information as it went on. I wanted to help women. So I went to school for criminal justice. I then was ugh, another hard thing. I was raped at 21, right? And that changed the projection of my career. I then switched to psychology. I went to a whole nother school. And from there, it kind of just navigated. I just wanted to learn everything. I didn't talk about my rape for seven years. And now I just talk about it all the time. But that allowed me to figure out like, oh, this is a large population. It affects so many people around us. Like I don't know too many non-survivors, right? And I know lots of people and I don't know that many non-survivors of sexual assault or sexual harm. And so I got into sex ed and I was like, dildos, toys, all these things. Yeah, so fun. Woo, parties. But like, what about the people that couldn't like get there because of the trauma? And I found a way to combine the way that I show up as like this person and people responded to, they trusted me, which is so humbling and wild still to this day but like I got to mix the fun because I think you should laugh right like I think humor is so healing you can't hold your breath if you're laughing people are like oh and I'm like I will force you to breathe they're like how and they'll laugh and I'm like got you and they're like damn okay tell me more <laughs> For me, this career has been so fun and chaotic. I have multiple things that I do. So I have the Jiminica Project. I have support groups. I do speaking engagements. I do teaching, the magazines, the podcasts. I'm all over there. And then I have Tending the Garden, which is my baby. That is a nonprofit for those that have been sexually assaulted that are marginalized. We have specific pillars where we assist folks and every one on my board represents that pillar. So we just put out subscription boxes for sexual assault survivors. Like if you were a survivor, check it out. It's so fun. It's curated. Um, I work with my friend Lenora Claire in True Crime. We support the survivors when they're on television, for TV shows, for documentaries, for movies. And now I work at AEW. I, uh, now I work in the mental health department and 
that is the coolest thing ever. Let's talk a little bit about that. How did this opportunity with AEW come about and how has this experience treated you so far? It's so fun and it's so weird, right? Like I'm a longtime fan, but if I wasn't a fan, I wouldn't be there, mm. right? Like I care enough about these performers' mental health. Like we all need somebody to talk to. You got a hard job. No one just goes into wrestling because their life is so great. Like you're doing bumps, like- cool wrestling is whatever but that's your body you have family you have a life and for me I was like as I get older I only want to do things that bring me joy and I get to show up for the people that I want to and for me that's what this is how did it come about I I don't think I've ever talked about it really I happened to have a friend that worked there pretty Peter Avalon one day texted me and was like hey I met this guy and he like sent me some information I was like and he was like, I told him about you and like your passion for this because we've had conversations. And it was a long conversation that I had with Dr. Reese and like what I wanted to do and who I was and all these things. And it's been so fun. Like I officially signed my contract, but I had started working with the company at the end of March. And it's one of those things that you're like, you got to see where you fit in. You got to be trusted. You have to show up, but also you have to show up in a way that allows people to go, all right, you're not going to go do this. You're not going to go tell everyone my business. Like you are here because you want to be. I don't have to work in wrestling. I do very well. Like, let's be, let's keep it a hundred. I do very well. This is a choice and I am paid well. Thank you, Tony. But <laughs> I show up because I believe in these people. I have seen the documentaries as you have is mental health is hard. Addiction is hard. It's a hard life that they live in. Yes, more people are green and, you know, vegan and all these things, but the road is hard. And I think as a fan, I care so much about this work that it allows me to show up better to do this. But it's been fun. I know people are like, who is she? Because I'm sometimes just in the back and they're like, what's happening? But I like, I want everyone to know like I exist and I keep going to the shows and I do my thing and it's so fun. It also feels like a privilege. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What does it mean to you as someone who has been a longtime fan of professional wrestling to now be able to do something you love in a sport that you love? Yeah, I think it's very cool. And I also like the first few times I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And then I was like, you're so good at your job. Like you got here somehow, you can do this. And also like the human aspect of these people. There are these wrestlers and that is their job. And then there are the people that isn't just the persona. And for me, that is who I get to. I'm like, what do you want me to call you? What's, what, how would you like to be referred to, right? Like in any client I work with, what are your pronouns? What's your name? Like, how do you want to be addressed? And for me, I'm excited because it gives me hope. And I've had conversations with people that are like, I think you're going to help a lot of people. Like people need you. And I think that's so cool. Now, do they know that they need me? They don't yet, but they should because I'm in it. I'm in it to show up. I'm in it for the fight. I want these people to be on our televisions so we can have that entertainment as fans. How important is it that wrestlers have this type of support? Is this something that you think should be incorporated within all wrestling companies if it isn't already? Yeah, absolutely. I think as a human, we can't navigate things alone. Like we're not meant to be solo individuals. Friends, you have friends for a reason. You have family for a reason. You got a crew. You, you know, you do things for a reason with others. And I think in this sport, as I've learned in my understanding, and I'm always evolving, we should always be evolving, is it can also feel very isolating. It's a competition sometimes to get spots, right? It's a competition to get TV time. It's a competition to make it into certain companies. And that's a lot of brain work. 
right? Like, I think what we forget is, again, these are humans that have families at home, that have animals and have other jobs and like they're living their lives and then they have this part. And we all know that Twitter is a whole extra chaotic thing that can affect them, choice or no choice. Looking at bodies, we know there's body guys, like even the idea of body guys, like that is the thing. Like, I don't think that we focus on and talk about enough is like the stress and the pressure of this job, how you have to show up. Yes, I think it's super important because they have regular life and then they got this extra life. That's two lives they might have to manage. I'd be struggling sometimes with one. So I wish <laughs> I wish companies did it, right? Like I wrote an article in 2021, which Loki is everything I'm doing now. I was like, look at me manifesting. It's the idea of don't you want these individuals that make you money to be healthy? Don't you want them whole to be able to show up, to fly through the air like a Dante Martin? Don't you want like that? They got to be healthy. And healthy isn't just external it is internal right like your brain is your biggest organ it's your biggest sex organ it's your biggest your thought process it's everything so if you want someone to be able to remember all the, the moves you want people to be able to remember their words and feel good about what they do you can see the difference when someone is confident and when they're not as a fan you'd be like uh, as an adult fan as a child maybe not but as an adult right. fan, you'd be like ooh, that was Mm. Oh, you okay? Okay. <laughs> but it's different, right? Like right. it is a lot to just exist and then have this. So yes, to answer that longly, I do hope and wish that mental health support was available for free, right? Like they don't, they can have any, as many sessions as they want with me for free. That's cool. You recently launched your grounding box, which you mentioned a little bit earlier for sexual assault survivors with your company, Tending the Garden. This is something that I have never seen before, but it's definitely necessary for those who are survivors. Tell me a little bit about the process of formulating this idea, choosing the what items go into the box, the preparation of the boxes, and then promotion and marketing on social media. Yeah. I'm always one of those people that's like, someone else is going to do it. So I'm just, I don't really have time to do it. And then they don't. And then I'm like, fine, I'll do it. So <laughs> I have seen so many subscription services. Like there's a subscription service for everything. Mm -hmm. But what about, again, most of us are survivors. Like why isn't there something for us? Like specifically that speaks to where you've been and where you want to go. You might be at different levels, but I chose to start with this grounding box. One, because I think that's really the biggest issue is feeling outside of your body. And so I came up with it just because watching other things. Why and how? I don't know. <laughs> like I am very thankful that I say things out loud and I have people that go, that sounds amazing. Like, how can I help you? That's a privilege. And I'm like, must, I must be being putting good out for her to come back. But what a, the grounding box looks like, I got one on my desk. It's a small box. It's personalized. There's no, like people don't know what it is. And the reason I wanted it to be small is again, so it feels personal and also it saves me money y'all let's be realistic but there's different layers that we put into the box so it is a mind body and spirit experience there are crystals in it there are a video scanner when you open the box you get a tending the garden card mm -hmm. and then you get a scanner i walk you through the box i tell you why the box was created you get a grounding ritual with everything that you need is in the box there's candles there's crystals there's sense things there's touch things there's things to taste because we can be grounded by any of our five 
senses as well as we can be triggered by any of our five senses. And so this is not a heal all box, but it's a starter box for you to start navigating new things that feel good for you to get back into your body. And so we'll be sending them out quarterly and we'll go through different waves of like what tending the garden is. And then we'll have a box that lives there. It's called when you're ready for people that are ready to get back into sexy times. So it'll be like more touch things and like ways to connect with your body and different little items in it. And so we also want everything to be small enough that if you need to take something with you, you can have it on you, right? Like a little crystal, this is my lady. Little crystal, if you need something smooth, like that feels good for you, cool. A little essential oil, it's small enough that you can have it in your pocket. So that was also very important for us that we wanted things that people could take on the go because you never know when things are going to go left. But yeah, it's super exciting. They are still available. We'll be working on the next ones. It's fun to see that people responded well to like a dream, like a thought. And I'm like, I think it's needed. I don't know. I would have wanted it. And so everything I create is like, I would have wanted a support group when I was dealing with the things in the beginning. I would want like a little box that comes to me that like someone gets it. The box are created by survivors for survivors. The items in the box, we're going to continue to try to do even better is like making sure that everything in the box is from survivors. There will always be a mix. Sometimes it just is what it is, but it's very intentional. It's very made with love. We sat around making boxes, watching Euphoria. It's very hands-on. It's not like, oh, a business. Like, oh, no, like we sit down, the company sits down and we talk about it and it's very intentional. And I think that is what it's like to connect with survivors is to be intentional. And like, what do you need? What do you want? Like I've been doing this, wow, 15 years. So I've learned a lot, but there's always room to grow. You recently had a beautiful piece written about your life and what you do for a living in Hello Giggles. I read it and it really was amazing. This piece was deeply personal and it let Mm -hmm. individuals know what you've experienced in your life. How important Mm -hmm. is it to you to share your story? I think, and my therapist pointed this out many years ago. She was like, you heal through your work. She's like, I've never seen anyone like it. And I was like, oh my God, Thank you, Monolith. But really, like, it's so important to me now because I also understand that I feel like I'm at a good place enough to share. And every time I do share, someone else feels like they can. Someone else can feel like they have community, that they get the support that they deserve, right? Like, not that just that they need, but that they deserve. Like, I get amazing messages and letters and like people come to support group or people come to my workshops and stuff. And they're like, we don't have this. Like I've never had anyone that wasn't just leading with shame or sex positive or like, yeah, you do these things. And I'm like, I want to remind people that we look different. Survivors look different. We come in so many shades, so many forms, so many different styles of trauma, but that even with trauma, it's a part of me and it's not all of me. And I think that that's really important because it can feel so isolating. And like, it feels like in times that it is everything and you can't get out of it. And so I think every time I do share, it like picks a little bit off of my journey and I get to breathe a little bit more. And someone gets to see that and they go, I think I can do this or I can get back into therapy. Like the fact that like I get emails or people being like, I'm so thankful that I happened to hear you on this podcast or whatever, because whatever you said to me, pushed me back to getting help. Like made me go tell people so I could feel supported. Like I went back to therapy and I'm over here like, that is so wild. I'm just over here, just running my mouth. And I'm thankful that the things that I do say resonate with people. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that again, is a privilege. Everything I feel like 
working with other humans is a privilege that people trust you because there's so many shady people out there. Let's talk about you being a sex educator as well. You mentioned <laughs> it a little bit earlier, but we're going to dive deep now. Can you tell me how you started in sex education? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I was burned out working in mental health and I was like, I want a job that's ever evolving and never boring. And so I was raised by my grandparents. So I, I call my grandmother, my mom. I was like, girl, this is what I want to do. And she was like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to say something. She was like, oh God, are you going to be selling your out there. I said, whoa, girl. I said, I don't know yet. Let me get back to you. I was like, no, <laughs> but sex work support, whatever. But <laughs> that wasn't it. I have always wanted to be a teacher in some mm. capacity. Mm -hmm. Like that was like my, my child, like I'm going to be a teacher. And then I was like, I was like, that's not who I am, mm -hmm. but I got to do this. So I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was trying to figure out how to make money. And I found a program that did like a training and allowed you to start teaching mm -hmm. in LA. Whereas where I've met like one of my closest friends and we would go and we went through a training uh, called OWL and we would go and train, teach middle school, high school, even sometimes elementary school students, which is so fun in a way that felt like it wasn't shameful. We'd be like, okay, mm -hmm. I would start every class with, I would write down penis, I would write down vagina and I'd be like, all right, this is the first time, the only time I'm gonna let you do this. Go write down every name you've ever heard that refers to a vagina, the wildest stuff you hear. You're like, what? Who's calling it that? What are you guys doing? What's happening outside? Like, go write down whatever you want for penis. And they have fun. And allowing people to have fun when things are hard allows them to show up and they get to engage and have the classes that they want. And so I wanted to do it also because I wanted the sex ed teacher I never got. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a colorful haired, tatted, black, queer lady coming in talking about, okay, let's do this. Like, I wish that sounds fun. And so I'm glad again, doing that, I got to show up in those spaces, but also it got me in some really cool stuff, like working with sex toys and learning that stuff and like meeting some of my idols that I'm like, oh, I could just call her right now. Like, this is my friend now. And so I've learned a lot and I get to show up in different ways, but I also get to use that in every other area that I work, like the things that I've learned. And I got connections for discounted sex toys. So I'm winning. I'm into it for all of us. You are always on the go with your career, so I'm sure it can be extremely stressful and emotionally tolling. What have you instilled in your life to practice time management and self-care? My calendar. I do Ooh. nothing without my calendar. It's on my <laughs> phone. People be like, hey, do you? I'd be like, hold on, let me look at my calendar. If it's not in there, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> but I've also learned how to ask for help, which is so hard still. Like I have a project manager who is my lifeline. And I'm like, are you don't graduate school yet? I want to keep you forever. Um, and they're great. Like I have someone that I can trust. If you could trust somebody with your bank account, and your social, because they could rob me, <laughs> like clean me out. Right. But I trust that person to like show up and like help me balance. But also I believe in rest. Yes, I do a lot, but I'm like, ooh, I'm like my goddaughters and like my cousin. She's like, oh, it's dark time. I'm like, oh, it's dark time. I'm done. Y'all shut it down. <laughs> like, I believe in rest. I believe in massages. I believe in a bath. Like, I believe in doing something that allows for a transition of the day. And I also believe that I'm allowed those things. I find that a lot of us don't feel like we're allowed it and we have to be reminded. I'm like, no, I'm owed this, actually. I have done a lot. I am owed to sit on this couch and watch Love Island UK. Like, I'm allowed to be in these people's business because they put it on TV, right? Like, we have to give ourselves that permission sometimes when we're doing so much because we love it, right? Like, I hope that we all get to 
eventually do the things we love and not just the things that we have to do to survive. Everyone doesn't get to like wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to have a client. I'm running a support group. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to dinner at my friend's house. Like, that's just my day. That's so fun to me. And even when I get overwhelmed, I'm like, okay, really? You're doing three podcasts a day. Like, shut up. Like, that's, you're fine. Being able to be honest with myself and be like, take a breath. It's not that bad that I've learned that for me. That is how I manage and balance it for sure. What advice would you give to others who are looking at entering the world of sex education or providing support as a trauma specialist? Yeah, clean your shit up first. And people are like, what? Figure out one, why do you want to be in here? Because it's fun. None of it's extra fun out the gate. Let's be real. No job is when you're really learning. What do you want to do? What do you have to bring that's different? I will say you don't have to reinvent the wheel. I am not the first person to talk about trauma and I'm not the last. I've seen amazing people that have come after me that I've worked with and I've helped or just reach out and I'm like, here's some advice. And I am excited for that. Like I'm super excited for that. But take some time to figure out like, what do you want to bring? Who are you? Have you worked on yourself? Because there are a lot of people that are like, I'm a survivor. I want to do this work. This work is hard. Doing the work for yourself is hard. Doing the work to show up is hard. And people get in it because they want to help. Same thing with sex head. Like I had awful sex head. I want to do this thing. Worry about where you are first before you want to help everyone else. Check in with yourself. Where are your biases? What do you know? What don't you know? What kind of trainings do you need? Who do you need to reach out to? Like, do you need to have a support system? Do you need to go to a training thing? Do you want to go to school? What, how do you want to show up? I thought I had to be a sex therapist to do this work. I did go to school to be a therapist. I went to school for marriage and family therapy. I also went to school for alternative medicine and health psychology, like, because that's what I needed to do this work. So figure out what you need, not what everyone else is doing. Like people be like, I want to be just like you. And I'm like, you don't even know who I am. Just because you see me on the internet and you see me on Instagram and Twitter, you know parts that I've allowed you to know. And I think there's the normalization of we're on the internet. People might be like, oh my God, I know Lo. You'd be like, no, you don't. You had heard me. Like maybe you waved at me. And I think we should normalize that. Like you see the things and you like the things that you see. Mm -hmm. Have a conversation with these people. Also, if you want to get into the work, find out who's doing the thing that you want to do and talk to them. Maybe they have sessions that you can book with them, like a support system or like a mentor, or just like you can pick their brain for a, a coin or something, right? Like, but find those people and let them support you. Because there's people that are coming, I'm like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do this. Try this out. And I'll be honest with you. Like, you want to know how much money I'll make? I'll tell you. How did I get here? I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I started. Everyone doesn't. So find your people. And if you find people that don't want to open the door because there's gatekeepers everywhere, keep looking. Don't give up. I think all of us are needed in different ways, right? If you want to get into this industry, maybe you're needed to do a certain thing, but you got to figure out what that is. You got to give yourself the chance to figure out what it is and navigate it a little bit before you take it to the public. Thank you so much, Jiminika, for joining me here on Wrestling Wind Down. Where can the people keep up with you on social media? Yes, Jiminika everywhere. Stay out. I mean, Twitter's for the wrestling comments. They're not as much because you're not getting me in trouble. <laughs> Instagram, you can find me, the trauma stuff, tendingthegarden.forthenumber.sas for sexual assault. That is where we talk about our retreats. That is where we talk about the boxes and their support and everything. So check that out. And my intimacy coordination training company is called Sentima. 
Look up Sentima. I know there's a lot of people that are navigating. They want to work in the industry and they also want to help people. Intimacy coordination is very new. We are creating a beautiful new program right now that will be available soon. So you can also check out that account. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. We also have our official merch store, which you can find at shop.wrestlingwindownlv.com. Let us know what you thought about this episode. What was your favorite part? Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers!